because no. um, I forget otherwise. Um, so <laughs> I was just saying Ray, Ray came by Rochelle and is also in the farming. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Kindred spirits. Yeah. Well, I'm not farming directly. We're like farming education. Um, Helen and Hugo set up the business about 15 years ago and it was a DVD subscription service helping farmers learn about biological farming and natural farming. And that's how they met Nutrisoil and did a lot of the recording back in the early days before the internet was what it is today. And now we've moved more to an online platform. So right. learning online and mentoring and coaching. And um, But yeah, I'm not a farmer directly, but definitely am the glue between farmers, education, support, mentoring and coaching. So but yeah, so, and probably I'm not 100% sure exactly what like your model is and how it all works, but Syntropic is definitely like what I'm seeing people progress to. I feel like it's a journey, you know, you discover permaculture and then you discover, you know, companion plant and then you discover all these different things and it all leads you down this rabbit hole of amazing soil knowledge and, and healing. And then you, you kind of look for the next step. And we've seen a lot of people go from say natural farming to no chemicals to to regenerative to syntropic you know as a bit yeah. more of a holistic ecosystem um yeah. so so yeah it's it's good <laughs> all right nice and, and so does your stuff apply i spent some time in stanthorpe the other day and uh, met um uh, um just an absolutely passionate uh sustainability wine farming um person you know she's trying to figure it out so does your stuff yeah. apply to the to the uh um all, or help as well with within the uh, wine wine agri space? yeah yeah anything got to do with soil nurturing um right. you know like our avatar now is basically soil like yeah you know, yeah so anything that helps the soil is uh is what we do every day <laughs> Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Oh, I've gone off for some reason. My video is playing tricks on me. Don't know why. Hi, Ray. Hello. Hey. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, Rochelle. Good to see you. Hey, Thank Rochelle. you. Thank you, Rochelle and Marianne, for being here. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how many people with... Oh, I'm having trouble. My, why am I having trouble? Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Oh. Start again. Whoa, you can hear me though, huh? Yes. Yeah, isn't that interesting that it's flicking on and off? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does that. <laughs> so, so, how are you, Marianne? I'm good. You're good? Yes, yes, yes. everything's on track. All good. good. Cool, yep. very good. And, Rochelle, you're good? You're out of, uh, no, not quite out of lockdown tonight, isn't it? Uh, last night, yeah. Last night, okay, yeah. you are. Daughter's <laughs> just gone to school, yeah. Oh, Yay. No. <laughs> nice, very good. Well, as I said, I'm not entirely sure how many people. We have about uh, 26, 30 people registered for the two um, options, so I don't know who's going to show up. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, We'll wait. I'll be here for 30 minutes. I do need to bounce yeah. at 9 30. Yeah. So just yeah, that's yeah. okay. Well, um, you know, great to meet you, um, Ray. And um, hopefully we'll get a couple of other extra people and we'll make this um as fun as possible, but also <laughs> know what we're up to. <laughs> and and uh and so Rochelle and, and Marianne are both graduates, as you probably know Rochelle is, but <laughs> um Marianne, do you want to just say a little bit about where you are? Sure, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. 
So it's evening here, <laughs> or late afternoon, I should say. And you're, you're working on your project is? So yeah, this, um, so I work with planetary care and we are also focused on soil health. So we're in the same boat doing similar stuff, but we're basically creating, um, amongst other things, a platform, a social platform for all the different stakeholders um, who are helping the farmers to connect. And you'll be invited onto that when we're ready. <laughs> Cool. Sounds and there's good. Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How you doing, guys? Good to see you. I'm. Likewise. I'm not. Yeah. I'm. I'm hoping we'll get at least another couple of open house guests. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, we can have a uh, an alumni um, alumni uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> session here. <laughs> Steve is uh, is um, also in Melbourne in lockdown with you, Ray. Awesome. Cool. Welcome, <laughs> <Hello>, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, and uh, so we'll. I'll wait just another minute. Um. Or so. As I said, we have. Have. I don't know. This is one of the things we don't know who's going to show up. <laughs> but uh. Well, yeah. Well, here we go. We'll have. We'll have some fun. Ray, I flipped this to you, didn't I? Uh, you mentioned it in one of our chats and I Googled yeah. it and then joined the mailing list and saw awesome. the emails. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, had, you had me at some topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, because if, if we achieve nothing more than, uh, you know, welcoming a Ray into this, you know, connecting Ray, I should say, yeah. with this community, then yeah. um, that would be an amazing thing. Yeah, I am nice. flipping in and out of um, vision here for some reason. <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose, it's doing it for me. <laughs> so we have David, welcome, and Elizabeth, uh, good to see you there. Uh, and so I'm going to get started because I like to start on time. <laughs> um, hopefully, David and Elizabeth, we might get to see your faces, but um, that would be great. But if that's not possible, that's also great. So um, I just Christine, wanted to, yeah. Before you start, sorry, I, I just yeah. wanted to say that um, a number of people in our community are looking forward to seeing the recording. So yeah. it's, right. yeah, there's a, right. that, they're just not here live because of the time. Yeah, that's okay. And we, um, I have got it recorded. I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, first of all, uh, I want to welcome everybody to this conversation. And uh, I'm, I am speaking from Yukon Bear Country, which is our Gold Coast. And I want to honour um, the land that I stand on and not only the land I stand on, but the amazing, uh, all the creatures and so on that have um, lived here and maybe no longer live here and the creatures uh, um, that are living here now and into the future. I also want to honour um, the ancestors uh, past and present uh, including um, the ancestor of this particular, um, the work that we're doing, which is um, Centropic, in Centropic World, uh, my mentor of over 30 years, uh, which uh, the work of Buckminster Fuller. And, uh, and great to see you, Monica. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so um, it's interesting that this is happening some, I don't know, 12 hours from when the IPCC released their latest report. And 
as someone said on uh, social media, it's, it's strange that we're not watching that live because it's one of the most pressing situations that we have as humanity. But in honoring Bucky Fuller, in 1927, a long, long time ago, from human timelines, but not necessarily from Earth timelines, Bucky Fuller considered the all-in accounting cost of a barrel of oil. 1927, 1927. This was in the early stages of humans driving cars on roads when the whole infrastructure of transport was not built. So this is going back to the very beginning of the shift from the horse and buggy to the um, motor vehicle. And he wanted, to, he wanted to look at the all-in accounting cost of a barrel of oil. And he determined, and so the oil and accounting costs to give you just uh, sort of like what that is, is the cost for earth to create the, what we know as fossil fuels over billions of years. Show me where we put that on a balance sheet in honor and respect of something supreme mother nature. So the cost of the earth producing it, the cost of humans, I've gone off again, sorry, I'm having my videos flicking on and off. The cost of uh, us to find it, refine it, extract it, transport it, ship it around, use it. And then the post-use cost, the post-use cost. Don't know why this is happening, folks. <laughs> the post-use, yep, that's just not working for me today. <laughs> Oops, and there I'm gone off. The post-use cost, which is which is um, what we commonly know as we could talk about pollution. Bucky called it stuff out of place. Uh, so things that were in the wrong place and not considered in the accounting. And so when we consider the all-in accounting cost of a barrel of oil, in 1927, Bucky determined that there wasn't a single human on the planet that could afford one barrel. And he said that eventually we would be paying the after-tax of our lack of accounting. We're paying the after-tax of our lack of accounting, not just of oil, but of our use of pretty much everything and our waste and our consumption and our economic models and our political models and so on. And, uh, and so I think um, you'll probably hear because there's a common agreement that what we're doing is not working. And for me, the sort of intersection of two parts came to Centropic World, or actually, let's say three, being a dedicated student, applied student of Bucky's work. He was looking at, he spent his life committed to uh, working for the highest number of people, for the highest good, without ecological offence or the disadvantage of anyone. Uh, and he wanted to demonstrate what one human without a formal education, with a dependent child and wife could do with no money. And so he dedicated his life to demonstrating the power of one person to, to make change. Uh, and his work is ever more relevant now than it was, I think, in uh, when he first started it. But so we have this... Um, 
and, and, and one of the critical phases, which is kind of pivotal to what we do in Centropic World is uh, don't try and change the existing models. Build new models that make the existing obsolete. He was determined not to challenge the political class so, so per se, but rather to stand for the principles of how earth, nature, living systems work and apply those principles to how we do everything. So it's a partnership with living systems with nature. It's a partnership and respect instead of trying to impose our human constructed models and thinking that we know better. Clearly, we don't. Uh, and so this work arose for me from uh, spending years, 30 years, <laughs> trying to convene beautiful, brilliant, passionate people around a cause that they deeply cared about and having it for 30 years fall into a messy human heap. Uh, I'm not sure if you're all familiar with a messy human heap, <laughs> uh, which is all of the things that happen when human relationships sort of go pear-shaped and we often forget the very reason why we've come together and egos get in the way and all of that sort of stuff. And so I spent a lot of time in that space, uh, bringing amazing people together and not having it working because all of the stuff got in the, in the way. Uh, and, and so that was one of the intersection points, the other, a student of Bucky's work. And then another part of that is just the deep knowing that I didn't wanna be the person on the couch complaining. and that everyone has something that we can do. So it's not the, the it's, it's, I wanted to <laughs> dismantle a mythology of what one person could do. And interestingly, of course, Bucky Fuller's work is a demonstration of what one person can do. Of course, it is never true because it's never one person. We're always working in community and we're always being uplifted by um, I'm as I am every day by the work of Bucky and all of the people that that uh, came before me and are walking beside me. Um, and so it's never one person, but oftentimes that's the conversation we have in the isolation of our bedroom when we look at a report like the IPCC. What can what can I do? What can I do? And so. Um, in 2015, uh, I did my first sort of public foray and created a local event, uh, which was to bring together multi-stakeholders of community to, to live in a conversation about what we can do as a community for our future community. Really uh, progressive and community gathering type of initiatives. And what happened as the side effect of that was that the, the tool that, and I'm going to say I, but you know, it really is work of many people um, created, which we call the Trust Manifesto in Centropic World, enabled a group of complete strangers to coordinate uh, this event in six months without a single human upset 
and entirely self-managed. So no messy human heap. It was like watching a, a, a ragtag team of musicians come together and play a symphony. And so uh, the Trust Manifesto is a core part of what we work on in Centropic World. How, and it answers the question, which I think is one of the most critical questions of our time. How do we coordinate humans that actually care? And how do we bring the exquisite synergistic potential of individual humans? So synergistic potential means that if we were all working together here, the outcome of us working together is exponentially like thousands, million times greater than any one single person can contribute. And so this is, um, this is sort of like where, uh, Centropic was sort of seeded. And like many great initiatives, it was seeded through breakdown, like complete my own personal breakdown. Uh, you could say through breakdown that we're experiencing the, in the external world, but it was, it was born through that and through um, just a clear decision that something had to be done differently. <laughs> And if not you, then why not me? <laughs> or you know, um, I couldn't hide anymore. And uh, and so, uh, to come to the word centropic, uh, and Ray and I were chatting earlier. Um, he's familiar with this word in farming. But to come to the word centropic, Bucky Fuller coined many words, including the word synergy. That's one of Bucky's. Uh, and centropic is one of his words. So centropic, just so that, that we're clear about it, uh, it is the opposite of entropy, and entropy is the second law of thermodynamics that says that we are in a generative universe. Bucky always argued that we're in an, an eternally regenerative universe. So syntropy to entropy, we need both. But the earth itself is syntropic. And when I was looking at um, the birth of this material, it was clear to me that we needed to call what we're doing something else because social enterprise and so many of the words that we use have been co-opted and greenwashed. And syntropic enterprise is a stand for integrity <laughs> of what we do all the way up, all the way down, all the way through. No greenwashing, no BS, no checkbox sustainability. Uh, and, and so the word itself means towards a higher order for an eternally regenerative universe or leaving everything better. An enterprise is simply because an enterprise etymologically is any human or an endeavor. So any human endeavor, be that a, uh, a, a group of people that are coordinating a fundraiser for a school or a large multinational or an NGO or a, a whatever it is when we come together as humans, we have a decision. Are we going to leave everything better for our engagement or not? Are we going to hold some of the core principles as the sacred ground on which we walk? Core principles such as partnering with nature, we are nature, <laughs> partnering with living systems, having integrity be the essence of everything, uh, 
um, working, uh, creating ecologies where synergy, which I claim is the greatest exponential technology available. Um, so synergy um, where together collectively, what we create is far greater than anything we can imagine, including greater than any technology like AI, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, where um, we honor that all life has intrinsic value and that we're brave enough to say, how do we build new models that make the existing obsolete? So that's kind of <laughs> what Centropic's all about. <laughs> and uh, um, the amazing journey that we've been on is that uh, through this experience of COVID and switching to online and so on, we have community all around the world. <laughs> and so rather than me gabble away here, I'd like to introduce you to, we have Marianne. Um, Marianne, if you just want to say hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne's in, uh, in um, Vancouver. We have Rochelle. Yep. Hi, I'm Victoria. And Victoria, Steve. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve from Melbourne. And Monica is here as well. She's a masterclass graduate as well. You want to say? Hi, I'm from. I'm in uh, on the unceded land of the Yubba and the Turrbal at Mianjin, known as Brisbane. Okay. Uh, and so, um, what I'd like to do, and this session is is. Uh, is an open house. So obviously the, the best thing that, that um, would work for people is ask questions. I love questions, but I'd also like to hear from um, some of our um, masterclass grads um, about what Centropic has meant to them. And to give you a frame of reference, this is an emergent enterprise. This is not, oh, we know what we're doing in another year. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> um, but our, our evolutionary purpose is to have Centropic Enterprise be the way we do business. And so we are rethinking, redesigning, and I'm gonna underline this everything, from how we coordinate humans to how we uh, write the legal code. It's a challenge obviously, because it's got to align with the jurisdictions in which we're in, uh, how we account for value, how we ensure that things like love and care are on the balance sheet <laughs> and many other things as well. <laughs> um, how we um, uh, do leadership and in Centropic, we talk about steward leadership. Uh, how we uh, apply the laws of universe to enterprise design and human coordination. So for example, how would you apply the law of gravity and why is that important? Uh, and so it is a, a rethink of how we do everything. And the masterclass, which uh, we've just um, launched into three options for people to participate, the masterclass is kind of like the threshold crossing of a centropic engagement because it gives a common language. And so it was really important to me to make the masterclass highly accessible in as many ways as possible. Uh, at the moment, it's only in English, but get that into other languages. As, a, as an opportunity for people to sort of have all of their framing of business as usual, kind of like tipped on its head, shaken up and, uh, <laughs> and re-examined. 
However, I want to be really clear that other than having integrity be the essence of everything, that we're not talking about um, a fixed, static, stuck, fundamentalist type of things. The community of practice that lives inside Centropic is about challenging the models, even the models in Centropic, but building new models and demonstrating that when people like us do things like this, this is what's possible. When we change the incentives to honour Earth and all her creatures, everyone has intrinsic value. The 100-year plan is the minimum viable plan, minimum viable plan, uh, you know, these type of things. Uh, then it's it's the opportunity to create. So that's kind of the framing. So I'd love to hear from um, some of the grads <laughs> about your experience. This is unedited, unscripted. I invited them. They said yes. I don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> Marianne, do you want to go first? <laughs> You're in trouble now, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So in in early 2020, I went looking for new enterprise models. Um, I'd been in the corporate world for about 25 years. I got frustrated trying to change the existing models. And I was frustrated about the non-existing ethical values and how people were just treated like widgets and you know, not the humans that we all are. So I explored OpenEXO and <clears throat> exponential organizations. I'm not sure if you know them, but I felt something was still missing. And into my life came Christine. Woohoo! <laughs> so Christina sent me personally on um, a whole new trajectory of basically building new enterprises to obsolete the old. I'm on a mission to do that. Um, this this ties to a whole bunch of other models that um, that I'm I'm very focused on right now. Um, the exponential organizations, um, Monica Sharma's radical transformational leadership, and other methods. Um, but it all makes my life and my day so much more fun. Um, I'm currently working at Planetary Care. So we are very focused on regenerative agriculture. And um, so we're obviously in the region, a regenerative space, but Christine has really lifted us up to a whole other um, level of ambition, really, um, by making Buckminster Fuller um, and all his philosophies and thoughts available to us from an enterprise point of view. Um, <clears throat> so, because Christina mentioned the Trust Manifesto and there's also this entropic audit um, that, that you kind of touched on. And <clears throat> both of those are adding so much more value to planetary care and it will make it more successful as an enterprise. And, um, and there's more to come. Like Christine says, we're still iterating, we're still creating, we're still figuring things out. And, and that's what I love because there is no recipe. <laughs> we've got to figure this out. And this is how we've got to move everybody over to this new way of thinking. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely love everything Christine is teaching me. And I love the way she challenges us all in classes. <laughs> you, you never walk away bored, that's for sure. You're always walking away thinking, spending the next week trying to figure out everything. So that's my experience. <laughs> thank, 
Thank you, Marianne. And so uh, what we're going to do, um, we'll hear for a from a couple of grads and then um, open up for questions. And I love questions because I love even the challenging questions because I get better asked for answering questions than just speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> Steve, do you want to have a go at uh, introducing and what um, Syntropic means to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I came to Syntropic via a, a key member of the Syntropic World community, Benny, and him and I have this regular conversation. And one day he just had this transmission. He went on a monologue for about 10 minutes. And I just remember sitting there at the end of it going, wow, I've got to get become a part of this. And so then I signed up for the next masterclass. I kind of came in late to, to the information and, and the background, I, I work in education. And so we are often the place that people say that we need new models. And my role within that is actually the strategy and the direction within. So I'm always looking for new ways of seeing. And then when I came into Centropic world, I just, I would go to sleep with that information in my head. Like just, it would just burrow into my psyche. And I found that it was personally transformative and it, it was a framework and models for me to see the transformation I had in my own life, but also of ways of working with people. And one of the powers of Centropic World for me is that it is forever emergent. And Christine, you lead with that. And that's so you always feel like you're not having to play a song, that you're, you forever have your song as part of that. And it's always evolving the principles like a procession and perturbation, they just show up in my life all of the time. And what I love about Bucky's way of seeing the world is it's just delightfully human. And yes, it can be logical, but he also honours the mythos and he honours the sort of poetic way of meeting the world. And so I know that it's having impact because I can... I'm presenting a new way, like our 10-year plan for the school. And I'm talking about warm data labs and I'm talking about fostering character as the sole human thing that we need to do. And everything else is a byproduct of, of being beautifully human. And Centropic world and, and the rabbit holes and Christine's wisdom and her fierce just dedication to this has been, it's just like it, it's been an anchor for me. So for those of you who are in this space, like I, I've sat with the work and it just, it spirals. And then I try to find my, try to understand it. And then I go, ah, I don't get it. And then it just continues to have its way with me. And I find examples in the world, but the community is just the most, what a bunch of human beings. And that like you have, concepts and you're building your work but it's actually the the meeting of others there's just a warmth in, in it that i've not found in other spaces so that's that's my centropic world experience oh, thank you steve and steve's done it uh, we have a we have our own um digital home house and uh, <coughs> called centropia which was named by murray and uh steve has um he he creates models that just just blow us away so we're really fortunate to have him yeah it's great thanks steve rochelle all right hello 
So yes, we didn't know what we were, what way we were presenting, and and I think sixty seconds, in in about sixty seconds, as you were saying, now you're going to speak. I I just went. I had my transmission of how because I think there's so much about um, the experience over a year that um, you say which bit, where do I start? So um, I think Marianne said about new types of thinking, which there is, but for me. And for a lot of us, we're thinking and believing these concepts, but we don't know how to apply them. So, um, you know, I had the quote on my computer about um, the Bucky's, you know, creating new models. And I, I wear that as the badges and that lovely, I like that, but we didn't know how to apply these concepts. So I built a, a business over 15 years. It was B Corp certified and just kept trying to do good, but there's something missing, I think, is what you're saying, Marianne, is how do you, how do you really, yeah, how do you really apply this thing? So that's my first number one thing is applying our beliefs and, and principles and articulating them as well. So um, whilst it's challenging to take on some of the universal laws and apply them over time, so it can, yeah, it needs to be challenging. <laughs> over time, you, you sort of, you know, get to, to really sink in. And then some of them are really comfortable, like Steve mentioned, perturbation you sort of go ah oh, that describes that frustration and so you can sort of go oh that's that I'm normal type thing and there's a there's a light up at the end of the tunnel when you're going through these processes because nature sort of shows us this. so um the next thing was that in learning these things and articulating them it's taking a stand so taking a stand is something that is um uh something that we don't necessarily follow on with our beliefs <laughs> we have beliefs but um going through this entropic process gave us something to and uh, yeah to basically stand to uh, and so and then the third thing i had was guidance so you've got guidance through the process that's um uh so it took me two master classes before i got to the point of i think even seeking that guidance <laughs> because at first it was just all the concepts going over my head or around me um and then a big part of it is the whole time christine's uh, um, an exemplary model of what we can do ourselves so we're we're uh visualizing it and seeing it and then actually yes yeah, because I think some of us at first were like, ah, oh, this all sounds good, but how do we apply it? But then we see that being applied. So being an exemplary model and then wanting to be that model ourselves. Community, how do you do community? Not just uh, not just um, think that it's a good idea again to have community, but how do you actually put that into action? How do you do emergent? <laughs> so much easier said than done. So we're living it and um, uh, how, to, how to test our and challenge our paradigms so that really uncomfortable place that you have to go when something that you've always believed for a long time and finally yeah well the fact that we're all capable of creating beautiful new models and thinking so i sat there for a long time thinking yes but mr full is amazing and and all of that work is really helpful but then you need to make that shift to actually creating these moments and and being able to to yeah, go forward with developing your own models and putting them into practice. So that's just a quick <laughs> rundown. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Yes, Ray, you have to go. Is that lovely to meet you? Um, hopefully we see you somewhere. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Um, oh, uh, Monica's gone too. I was just going to ask her if she wanted to, <laughs> to, uh, to, to share anything. So uh, we've got a couple of you, um, Martin and David, <laughs> left. <laughs> do you have any questions at all from any of us? Yeah, you do, David? Yeah, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm David. So I, I run an enterprise with 90 staff, and each of those staff are at a different place. It's very difficult to get them all believing the same thing. And, um, you know, I think part of uh, what the integral consciousness would try and do would be to meet people where they're at and perhaps present to them a next level um, idea. But next level is different for every individual. And, um, and, and, and generally, there's an entropic, an entropic process um, that sort of happens to the level below as you discover the level above, I notice. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a dark night of the soul at each level, each, each, each growth moment, you know. And um, I'm wondering how you developing leaders the disagreeableness and um, strength to meet people in those tough moments of growth that, uh, you know, often involve a little bit of conflict. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say something and then I'm more happy to have other people say something as well, okay? <laughs> uh, so you're asking about leaders specifically or are you speaking to all of the people, your 90 people? Well, I'm, 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 I'm just I'm speaking to the, the syntropic principle because I think yeah. entropy is just as much part of nature as, as syntropy yep. and, and yep. uh, how, how you engage people in the process of, yep. uh, you know, letting go. <laughs> so my, um, the first thing that we need to look at is that space has shape. So there is a structure. There is a structure to relationship. And what we mostly do in enterprises is we don't take the time to get the structure right uh, and to consider the warm data, which is the interrelational, the transcontextual information that lives between relationships. Yep. And so uh, there wouldn't be a one-size-fits-all, David, um, um, for a 90-person enterprise. But if you're looking at if you're looking at space has shape, there will be a way of coordinating the structure that enables people to grow up within their uh, within their um, experience. But it needs to start as well with a couple of the key fundamentals. So. A, an extraordinary clarity of why you're there and what you're doing. Extraordinary meaning that everyone gets it. You take the time to do that and quite possibly <coughs> take the time to have people select not to be there because of that. Because you actually, if you're really clear about that, coordinating humans that are there because they care about the purpose is a lot easier than coordinating humans who don't really give a rats. And so that's something that people miss so often. I know it's really simple, but they miss so often um, is that. And then how that reflects in every fractal of what you do, that's the integrity piece. 
that there is no miscommunication of the reflection of why you're here in the way that you do it. So let me give you a sort of like a really classic example because we have so many people in the agri space, in the soil space, and I'm not sure what business that you're in. But if you're in the agri space and you're there to take care of the soil and the, and the sort of like the, then how are you applying those same principles of taking care of the soil to the human relationships that you've got around you? Are you, are you um, uh, getting the soil ecology right at the front end? Or are you rushing in and just going hell for leather, let's build things and break things or do stuff and build and break things or whatever Mark Zuckerberg's quote was. And so it's the integrity of what, you're, what we're doing in the exterior world needs to be a complete reflection of how we coordinate as humans no dissonance at all so that when people show up in that they know here's why we're here but it's reflected back in every element of what we do and part of what we do in Centropic is we have um, it's been mentioned already the trust manifesto which is a template you can get it on the website you can download it. it's in the creative commons but it's a template of um, how you create agreements for people to come together and within that template you can read it and it looks fairly easy to read but there's a huge body of work that lives behind that because in that template is the commitment to, to supporting people with their communication skills and their growing up within that so that's kind of like a really high level frame of that um entirely doable <laughs> um not something that you just throw at it and hope for the good thing but do with great consideration thoughtfulness etc etc in in application anyone else got anything to say to david response to that yeah, uh, rochelle yeah I, I was just going to add to it um because you know aside from the foundation of having the trust manifesto um when we started our pilot community and martin was um part of that uh, we we took the um learning or from centropic and, and explained about clean communication as an example and once we put it out there on that first day that it explained who is responsible because I don't know why we're not clear on this. It was just so it, it was just so helpful. Who is responsible to you know speak up when there's there's an issue with communication, and that can go right you know through. Yeah. So if you if you set this foundational stuff up first, and then if people don't agree with it, then that's fine. <laughs> um, we I just saw that. We never had an issue in six weeks. There seemed to be, yeah, would you agree with that, Martin? <laughs> that I, I sort of, I got to the end and I just went, why did everyone turn up on time? Why did everyone get along so well, whatever? And and it's just about being there at the start. Now, I suppose you've already got your 90 people in your organisation um, and that's, that's the thing. How do you bring these things in? Where, where I've probably made mistakes is just, um, it's I can only think that it's like telling other people's jokes when I just you just come in and you start talking all these terminology that's different and you lose people. And so I I found that yeah I had to sit on concepts for longer and and make sure that 
I was living and breathing it before I started talking it, you know, so you can just sort of go, oh, you've heard of Buckminster Fuller. This is, this is the answer to everything. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, and then I, and then I made this great model and it was a tetrahedron and it's just amazing. And it's like, you know, I just noticed that, that you have to really, um, yeah, um, put a lot more thinking and time into things before you start sort of just telling night, <laughs> like that's a huge organization you've got. Yeah. Like cultivating the soil. <laughs> it's not a, a 30 second uh, uh, or a weekend workshop. <laughs> yeah, or, or growing, you know, um, it's more the opposite of cultivating actually. It's getting the synergies happening in the soil, getting the yeah. biodiversity and building that there. And then, you know, then suddenly you realize that it's all, it's all happening. Yeah. 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 So there's some pieces for you, David, um, but you're welcome to um, download the Trust Manifesto from the website and have a look at it. And uh, as I said, it's in the Creative Commons and you can adapt it or use it. Um, the best way to understand it, of course, is to take the masterclass because we go through all the pieces. <laughs> did Steve or Marion, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I definitely do. One of the things that I love about Bucky's work and the work in Tropic World is the building of models because model building, especially those with integrity, allow you to have an object and separate. And so you have the ability to kind of create distance and, and view from higher vantage points. But then that in combination with clean communication and, and understanding that we can be in the charge of it, but not feel the charge. And so when you're having difficult conversations, you're, you've almost given them a way of being so here's the model and, and like Christine was saying, you buy in or you leave because it's not the shape that, you, that sort of fits. And I feel like that handling those conversations. So you've got the sort of like clean communication protocols was really powerful for me because you can sort of set the scene that this conversation may be uncomfortable and that's a good thing. And then also, like you were saying before about you know, the integral, like where you're situated and meeting people where they're at as well. And so I just found that a model and with all of the sort of techniques that you've provided, you could shine the light from many different angles and prepare for, for discourse, like really good discourse. And that was the magic. It's just like, we don't know if we're going to land on a, on a common spot, but over time we'll get closer. And, and like Rochelle was saying, I... I love to spout the words and I really felt you have to embody them. And then when you can language it in a way that meets them or in multiple ways of meeting them, then it, it really feels embedded. So that, that was the way it sort of worked for me. Thank you. And just so that you know, clean communication is one of the tools that we teach. It's actually really simple and very hard to do. <laughs> um, anyone else? Um, Got any um, anything to add or any questions at all? How about you, Martin? Do you have any questions from us? No, you're good. <laughs> so, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have I've just um, we've we've done all of the work so far has been online. I started off doing it live in a live workshop and said it could never go online. It went online. We now have graduates in 22 countries, which is just amazing. <clears throat> on the call tonight, we have the call tonight, we've got um, people from Africa um, uh, attending and so on. It's, it's just been an incredible experience. 
Uh, but what we're doing um, with the masterclass, because it's kind of like the, the foundational program, as I said, we're make, making it really accessible to people. I've never prohibited entry from anyone from a budgetary point of view. Um, we have a method of ensuring that people show up um, and contribute value if they can't pay in dollar terms, uh, because um, I, I find uh, one of the traps of our modern world is the word free. I'm not entirely sure what is. <laughs> I'd like to consider that everything has a value. Uh, and so, um, but we never make money an obstacle. Uh, I've just launched the digital on demand, which we've got a couple of people going through to iron out the kinks. <laughs> um, that's obviously the most affordable way. The hybrid program is um, an opportunity. It's for people who like to go at their own pace, but also be very, very connected in community and take more time. And then the live version of the masterclass, um, we've got two uh, scheduled for this year, uh, one in September for the, um, the Euro time zone and one in October for the Americas time zone, which is in the morning Australia. Uh, and then next year, the live masterclass, which is 100% live delivery, and which is what um, Rochelle, Marianne and Steve have done. Um, we're going to increase the price point of that. Um, but what I also do, just to let you know, um, is that uh, you're invited, once you've attended and completed one class, you're invited to come back and repeat it as many times as you need to. Um, so it's, it's not, it's, uh, it's pay one fee and you can come back for seconds, thirds, fourths or fifths, <laughs> um, because sometimes that extra work is needed. And then uh, on the other side of the masterclass is the community of practice which is where we're doing the real work and, uh, and um, uh, really supporting my, my life purpose is to support as many centropic enterprises as possible in whichever way that is. So um, that's where we're doing the work of um, um, you know, building those so that at some point in the near future, we'll, have, uh, we'll be able to say, here's the model, whoops, argue with the model. Don't know why I keep flipping off, but that's, that's the world of Centropic. So um, any final questions at all? Yep, David. What is your relationship with um, Centropic agriculture? What, what, uh, what, what you know, the, the word is obviously used in, in a lot of applications these days. Yeah, yeah. so um, the historical context here, as you know, um, as I mentioned, Bucky coined the term centropic, and I have been following it. Um, a, a friend of mine, Daniel Wall, who's a um, um, regenerative cultures person. Um, so Daniel um, and I had a chat about 10 years ago, and we were talking about the word centropic, and I've been following it on Google since Google started. Um, because for some reason, I didn't know why, but it was always a word that really interested me. And so, of course, I noticed when centropic farming came up in the very early days, and we actually have centropic farm, farmer graduates as part of the masterclass. Um, it, uh, when I looked at a word to describe, to hold the space of what we're doing, I mean, the process for me was literally go back to critical path. And it was kind of one of those things where it flipped open. My book is very flippable open because it's stuck together with sticky tape anyway, but it flipped open. And Centropic was the immediately obvious answer. Uh, and so, um, yeah, Centropic Farms had been using that, that terminology, I don't know, for maybe six, eight years or maybe a decade, I'm not sure. But, you know, it is leaving everything better. 
and I couldn't think of anything more appropriate for what we were doing. Uh, and, uh, and so the, the word itself, this um, term, Centropic Enterprises in the Creative Commons. Uh, the purpose is that as many people, to, to, and obviously, hopefully not greenwashing or um, so on, but as many people to start propagating and using the word um, um, and um, as possible, but more importantly, that we have centropic enterprises become the way we do business. Yeah, so, so there's a, a relationship from historical roots of Buckminster Fuller, um, but that's, that's how it happened, yeah. Yeah, any other questions? You got another one? You can ask, you're, you're welcome to ask as many as you want. No, you're good? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so Bucky was your, was your mentor. I'd love to hear more stories about <laughs> Well, I never met him. Uh, and that's, um, I was introduced to his work when I was in my mid twenties. And, uh, and I had um, the good fortune of attending a seven day retreat in, um, on the big island of Hawaii in the early 90s with Amy Edmondson and, uh, and actually Jerry Spicer, who was the drummer for Men at Work, who's a Bucky fan. <laughs> Jerry's been on a couple of these calls. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so people who, uh, and, and uh, Randy Craft, who's since passed, but people who have, were steeped in his work. And we spent seven days unpacking, uh, seven days, 18 hours a day, unpacking his work. Uh, and so I had that extraordinary privilege. Amy was Bucky's protege for the last three years of his life. And um, I, I don't know, you know, it was just something from the very beginning that it was the integrity actually um, that affected me more than anything, uh, that someone um, at the age of 32 could decide that they were no longer going to earn a living because what is that? Um, and that they were going to do what was spontaneously arousable from within them for the highest good, for the highest number of people without ecological offence or the disadvantage of anyone, that is a quote, by the way. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and show that, um, as he called it, he set out to demonstrate as guinea pig B, B for Bucky, that if you do that, that you will be taken care of. And, uh, and so by the time he died, he had 48 honorary degrees. Um, he um, was known to most of the world leadership and so on. But his thinking, he was very aware that most of the models that he built would not be applied for 50 to 70 years. So he, he actually built into his models um, lag, what he called lag time. Uh, he did that deliberately at the time because he knew that um, uh, the world pretty much couldn't take it. And so his work, he would use the word ever more relevant. His work is ever more relevant today than it was now. And um, it, uh, it's extraordinary work because he, he he looked at everything. He looked at he looked at the geopolitical space. He looked at the financial systems. He looked at governance. Uh, but most of his work, the, the profound work around synergetics, is the study of space um, that space has shape and the geometry. And I've applied that to human relationships, to the geometry of human relationships and human coordination. And my personal belief is that in a world that we currently live where sense-making is a skill that is underrated <laughs> and that we're in a, um, 
a landscape of obfuscation lies and deceptions and AI algorithm, um, you know, on and on and on, that uh, the ability to make sense, number one, but also to understand um, or to, to, to figure out how we coordinate humans to do amazing things and do that um, that restores human dignity and respect and um, unleashes, as I said, what I consider the greatest exponential technology available, which is human beings coming together and working for something. Yeah. And so, um, you know, many stories, but uh, and Steve, if you want to chat with Steve's, Steve's gone down the Bucky rabbit hole. I just referred him to Amy Edmondson's book a couple of weeks ago, which is one of my most favorite books of all times. But you have to be a nerd, like seriously. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> you have to, you know, like, and what we do in the masterclass as well is we build models. Um, and uh, well, you know, it's important. Um, and so to understand integrity, I get you to build integrity. <laughs> so um, we might wrap it up there. I've got another class happening. I know Marion's joining me. <laughs> I'm doing the synergistic accounting class in, uh, in uh, 10 minutes. Um, and it's just, just an FYI, the synergistic accounting class, uh, we're applying the 12 degrees of freedom, which is a model of Bucky's, which is how you stabilize any system as a way of reorienting our relationship to value. And we consider value in six domains of input and six domains of um, output, and uh, of which money is one. And money can never take precedence over any of the others, nor can any of the others take precedence over money. And so it is, it is ensuring that in our uh, coordination of humans, we can bring all of our value in all domains and have that be honoured and respected. Uh, and um, it's an extraordinary process. And I'm delighted to say that one of the artifacts that is happening out of this community that Marion and Rochelle don't know about <laughs> is that on Thursday, we're having our first Steve and Benny. What are you calling it, Steve? What's it called again? It's called Seeing You at Source. So it's a, a, a over tea. It's a, a, just a delightful human conversation to extrapolate value and taking the domains and and looking at it the polarities of it but doing it in a in a human conversation and having a little bit of fun and play with yeah. it as well so the archetype of the synergistic audit is being taken to the dinner table essentially <laughs> so i can't wait for that the first dinner is the the beta dinner is happening on thursday or uh, over tea and uh and watch this space <laughs> Anyway, it was lovely to meet you, Martin and David. Thank you. What, where, where are you, David? Where, where are you based? I live in Wilson's Creek. Wilson's Northern Creek. Northern Rivers. Northern, oh, there you go. All right. And, and your business, can you just say? Ability, con, ability Consultants, we're a disability <sighs> consultant. That's right. Um, it was, who sent me that link? Um, it was... Sabina. Uh, Sabine, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, lovely. I had to check your website out. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> cool. Well, lovely to meet you all. And uh, thank you. Um, thank you, Steve, Rochelle and Marianne for, for sharing your um, lovely words. Um, and uh, thank you um, for being here, Martin and David. All the best. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks Bye. Well Bye. Bye. See you later. Great presentation. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you.